he was currently on remand, awaiting trial at the Assizes. That's good, said Julia. Harry, their housekeeper, came in to announce dinner was ready. Peter's footsteps pounded down the stairs as they went into the hallway. Walk, don't run, Richard said to him. How many times have I told you? Don't they teach you that at school? By the time they sat down at the table, her husband's appearance had regained its customary normality. A phrase occurred to her, the institution of marriage. She slipped her napkin out of its bone ring. Julia tidied up the clothes her son had left on the floor. Have you brushed your teeth? Yes, Madre, said Peter. He was in his pyjamas, pushing his Hornby engine to and fro with a bare foot. Pop into bed then and I'll read to you. Peter bounced on the mattress and flopped back. Mr. Birdsall, let me look through the camera. Julia closed a drawer. Who's Mr. Birdsall? He's in charge of the filming, said Peter. People who are in charge of films are called directors. Are they? said Julia. I hope you weren't making a nuisance of yourself. Filming's ever so complicated, said Peter. Like maths. Peter was good at maths. Get yourself under the covers now. She sat down on the edge of the bed and opened the book, The Story of the Treasure Seekers. Are you sure you want this one again? He nodded. Being the adventures of the Bastable children in search of a fortune, it said on the title page. Underneath was her name in an eight-year-old's loopy letters. Peter never seemed to tire of it. Perhaps as an only child, he enjoyed imagining himself part of a large family. When he settled himself down, she began to read. It is one of us that tells this story, but I shall not tell you which. Only at the very end, perhaps I will. While the story is going on, you may be trying to guess, only I bet you don't. It was Oswald who first thought of looking for treasure. Oswald often thinks of very interesting things. A satisfied chuckle from the pillow. He gives the game away right there. He does, doesn't he? said Julia, turning a page. This part of the day belonged to her alone, and she took full pleasure from it. One chapter a night was the rule, but the chapters were short, and she allowed herself to be talked into a second. By the end of it, his breathing was even, and he had stopped interrupting. Sleepiness turned the clock back a little, sometimes by as much as a year, which was when he had last willingly submitted to a goodnight kiss. Tonight he must have been especially tired, because he reached up and hugged her with his thin, reedy arms, which allowed her to drink in his smell under the cursory face wash. To be hugged by your child was anything better than that, or more bittersweet. For with a hug came a whole history of hugs and the reasons for hugs, along with a future when they would eventually dwindle to handshakes and pecks on the cheek. Another week, and he would be back at school. Her spirit sank. All mothers whose children have been sent away to board learn to endure the highs and lows, to post their anxious love in letters and parcels, to measure out the year in half-terms and holidays. Perhaps if they'd been able to have more children, she wouldn't have missed him quite so much when he was away. You won't die like the mother in the book, will you? said Peter. Julia knew better than to be worried by this. He was not morbid or anxious, only in search of rote reassurance. 
The question tended to come up at this early point in the story, before the motherless bastables began their adventures. I'm not planning on it, she said, stroking his hair, dark like hers. Not until you are hundred. At least, she switched off the light. It had been a beautiful summer. Stand in the garden, stare up at the cloudless sky, and you would think nothing could be wrong anywhere in the world. The next morning, sun was streaming through the windows again. The house was quiet, Richard had gone to work, and Peter had dashed off somewhere after breakfast. Julia was not about to interfere with the way he spent his time, or tie him to her apron strings. That was bad mothering, in her opinion. But still, the hours to his departure counted down in her head with the same dread tick as the country's approach to war. The Broadwood lived in the drawing room, where the wireless was. After instructing Harry on the day's tasks and chores, or conferring, as she preferred to think of it, Julia...